woulda, coulda, shoulda. Colorado State had the opportunity to pull off the major upset at San Jose State, 24 point underdogs going in. But the Rams led at halftime. The game was there for the taking. You know, they could have and arguably should have won this one. But unfortunately, just too many missed opportunities to put points on the board. Too many penalties eventually came back. And, you know, really for the second time in conference play, also the Utah State matchup, CSU let a a winnable one get away from them. I'm going to dive into everything on this podcast. Uh, I'll talk about, you know, where CSU shot themselves in the foot. Also going to talk about the progress because there really was a lot of improvement, especially from, you know, Boise State to this game. It's funny, though. You know, if all I would have told you a week ago, the Sunday after the Boise State loss, was that as 24-point underdogs, CSU would lead at halftime and legitimately have an opportunity to beat San Jose State, I think a lot of people would have taken that outcome happily. As I wrote in my initial post-game column, though, you know, losing in a, in a way like this, where you have hope and then ultimately have it you know, come crashing down, that's probably a bigger gut punch than if you just would have gotten your ass kicked like they did at Boise State. It's the hope that kills you, as they always say on Ted Lasso. And I'm starting to understand that sentiment more and more uh, the longer I'm on this beat. But I did just kind of want to lead with as frustrating as this game was, and there were a lot of, you know, a lot of moments in this one that really made me want to pull my hair out. I'm sure many of you guys felt the same. I was really encouraged with the fight that this team showed at least given the circumstances. I mean, you're playing one of the best teams in the conference, stylistically essentially the same or at least a very similar matchup as last week. You're going up against a defense that is one of the most experienced units in the conference. I would say that Boise State's strengths are more in their secondary, whereas San Jose State's strengths are more in that front seven. But you're facing an elite defense with a ton of experience, a lot of games under their belt, a lot of athleticism. And then offensively, you know, much like Boise State, San Jose State, a dual threat quarterback, a strong foundational running game, and explosive playmakers on the outside that can beat you over the top. On paper, I actually like San Jose State better than Boise State. I think they are a better team. They did not have their best performance of the season against CSU like Boise State did the week before. But, you know, Boise State came back to life tonight in a a loss against uh, BYU. But I just think it would have been really easy to go into this matchup doubting yourself from the start. I mean, it's it's human nature. You can talk about confidence and, and preparation and all that. But, you know, if you bomb a test as a student and then the next week you have a different test But with all of the same elements that you struggled with the week before, you probably wouldn't feel that great going into it. And I just like that CSU came out and they punched first. Finally put together a touchdown scoring drive on their first series of a game. You know, it's the first time they've been able to do so uh, all year long. And it it set the tone, you know. It it was a completely different vibe from the get-go than it was the week before. You know, the week before you go three and out, you have a drop on third down on a slant where the play could have gone for like 20 plus yards and it's just bad, you know, bad vibes, bad juju, whatever, however you want to phrase it, right out of the gate. You connect on a passing play to Torrey Horton. You get your best guy the ball early. Then Clay Millen, you know, scrambles and, and makes a play and 
Then Avery Morrow takes advantage of a nice hole. O-line did a solid job setting it up. It was a rough night for them overall at times. But hitting that 56-yard touchdown run right out of the gate, I just feel like it gave the CSU team a confidence that they played with all night, that they could hang, you know, just seeing that you can do it. But definitely just need more of that. Need a whole lot more of it in the future. The slow starts have been crippling, as have the penalties and the inability to score in the red zone. Going to get into that real quick, but NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball's back. Tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets when your team wins. Check this out, though. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlay. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Didn't really get to watch much of it, but, you know, the Nuggets wheeling and dealing at home. Love to see our guy Nikola Jokic balling out. You know, looking forward to placing more bets on him in the future. Always exciting, you know, if it's a big matchup to, you know, place a little bit of a cheese on on Jokic to, you know, produce a triple-double. Or I've, I really love the over-under or the over, I should say. I've loved taking the over on MPJ's you know, three-point totals for the game because I just feel like they haven't quite corrected there. Whatever it is, whatever you want to bet on, do it with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Make any $5 bet this week. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's, let's just get into it. Uh, the red zone has been a dead zone for CSU for two years now. It's been especially rough this year, uh, only scoring on 44% of their trips to the red zone so far this season. That's dead last in the FBS, 131st out of 131. Um, you know, ultimately, it, it comes down to that CSU needs to improve in the trenches in the coming years. It's a layered problem, and it's not like you can just point to one thing and be like, this is exactly why CSU has struggled in the red zone these last couple of seasons. But that's, you know, really the simplest way to say it. You know, under Adazio, I feel like it, it had to do with the fact that he wanted to be this, uh, this ground and pound style, and they just didn't really have the offensive line or the backs to get it done. That line obviously did not struggle as much as CSU's line has this season, and a lot of that has to do with injuries and just there's been so much movement and a lack of continuity. But, you know, really what it's come down to, why CSU has not been able to run the ball very effectively down there is they're constantly getting blown up after the snap. Just the interior is getting dominated. You know, CSU, they have a walk-on freshman starting at center. The point of this is not to rag on him. He has played admirably. And all things considered, like, really done a nice job filling in. I mean, you never expect a redshirt freshman to be in this type of situation. but when you get into the red zone and the field is condensed, as a defender, you have a lot less to think about. You're just kind of trying to win your matchup and go forward. And if you're expecting a freshman walk-on to constantly win those matchups in the condensed field when they just get to you know, jump off the snap, I'm sorry, but like I don't even know what to tell you. Cade Hall, Fajoko, and some of these guys on the San Jose State defensive line they have been wreaking havoc for three years now. That defensive line essentially carried San Jose State to a conference championship in 2020 
It's all the same dudes. Because the Rams aren't having a ton of success in the trenches, especially in the red zone, you know, we've seen CSU uh, do some stuff out of the shotgun. I know that frustrates some old school football fans, but the Rams aren't getting the type of positive traction you need in the trenches to go under center. You know, I see all these people being like, we'll do play action. That's just going to get blown up. You have to first run effectively for play action to be an effective strategy. And CSU can't do that in the red zone at the moment. You know it. I know it. Opposing coaches know it. Your grandma knows it. So there's just not enough time for that to develop. It's why they've tried to do some of the the quick pass stuff, you know, some out routes, quick stuff to the sideline, just trying to get the ball in the hands of these receivers. But again, you know, the timing has been off on a lot of those plays too. It feels like Millen's rushed it. It hasn't been quite as accurate as he could be in some of those because he's just trying to get rid of it so quickly. You know, I say all this not to be like, you guys should just accept the result. You know, clearly three points and four trips to the red zone is is not going to get it done. It's been a problem all year. It was a major factor in this loss. There's no doubt about that. But it's not quite as simple as just call a different play. They're limited due to the circumstance. You know, the injury situation has really put this team in a bind as far as what they can, what they can do and what they can execute. Does it need to get better? Absolutely, of course. But if you've got a solution when you're getting blown back immediately off the snap and you don't have the freedom to run, you know, crossing routes and underneath routes and some of the stuff you can do in the open field to kind of alleviate some of that pressure, it's going to be tough. I just think it's it's easy to be hypercritical and not necessarily look at why something is happening the way it is. I will say, though, if, if you're looking for something to be upset about, it's definitely the penalties. Uh, they've got a lot of young guys. There have been a lot of young pieces. You know, you, if you listen to this podcast, you know I preached patience. I have pointed out a lot of these uh, extenuating circumstances that have made things wonky. But the fact of the matter is, is you're the most penalized team uh, in the league in conference play. And it's by a pretty decent margin, by about 15 yards per game. And you can't do that against good teams and get away with it. Against Nevada, maybe. Against Hawaii, maybe. Against a team like San Jose State with as much experience as they have on both sides of the football, you can't do it. They got called for illegal formation like five times. A couple of them ended up getting declined, but you know they were flagged for it at least five times that I have in my notes. And while I have some gripes about that, you know I think they were... Being a little ticky-tacky based on the information that we were able to get, it sounds like they didn't like the way that CSU's tackles were getting lined up. At some point, you've got to figure out, like, what what am I doing wrong here that's drawing a flag? You know, it's on, you know, players you got to figure it out. It's on coaching. But the procedural stuff will just drive you absolutely crazy as a fan. I mean, I've said it a bunch over the years. I can live with effort penalties, you know, going a little too hard trying to make a tackle and getting called for unnecessary roughness or or something like that. Now, if you're doing it play after play after play, clearly that's a problem. But in general, you know, effort penalties you can live with, the procedural stuff, unsportsmanlike conduct, just the unnecessary stuff where you're, you know, just not being disciplined. That's, That's extremely frustrating. And it's been a big problem all year long and it just doesn't seem to be getting better. And, you know, I get it. They've had 
a ton of movement within the lineup that's going to create some of these issues. They have a ton of young guys. Young guys are going to make mistakes. You've kind of got to let them work through that. I guess what's been, you know, kind of discouraging to me in that regard is that oftentimes what we've seen from CSU in these games where they're getting, you know, like 100 plus yards and penalties is they're making a mistake and then they're making that same mistake and then they're making that same mistake and then they're just doing the same thing wrong over and over again. It's not like you have, you know, a bunch of little different things. It's like each time they pick one thing, they're going to mess up and then they just do that over and over, whether it's, you know, false start or holding or a legal procedure in, in tonight's case. But they've just got to clean it up because the margin for error is is too thin when you're playing quality football teams. And until, you know, they can get rid of some of this stuff, they're going to continue to, you know, drop winnable games. We try to overcomplicate this game. But football really is fairly simple. I mean, it's a game of of discipline and execution. Which side can most consistently get it done while battling, you know, the inevitable struggles and challenges that are going to arise in any given week and any given season, really? Talent's only going to take you so far. You know, big highlight plays are only going to take you so far. And it's only going to offset shooting yourself in the foot so much. Sometimes you can get away with it. Usually not. Not when you're going up against a team that has as much talent or, you know, in this case, you know, has more talent and experience than you do. You clean a few things up and you're, you know, maybe sitting here at four and one in conference play. And instead you're sitting at two and three being like, ah, man, those games really kind of got away from us. But that's how it goes, man. I mean, unfortunately, I feel like you have to kind of learn how to do the things wrong sometimes before you can get it right. And then you have to experience a whole bunch of frustration, you know, in between that too. It's not just a flip that switches overnight and then all of a sudden everything's solved. But the silver lining is that while the red zone issues persist, while the penalties continue to be an issue, you know, the Rams are showing some growth in in other key areas. And a lot of that was on display against San Jose State. So I'm going to move on. I'm going to try and bring the uh, tone up here a little bit, get into some of the things CSU did well. Real quick, though, got to shout out the homies over at Game Time, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, 50-yard line maybe, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, it's going to be possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you never could buy. You're not going to find a better deal this season on Rams tickets than you will with Game Time. It was created by the fans for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. If you love DNVR, you're going to love Game Time, and the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app. Score the best seats to all your favorite events. It's getting colder. Uh, we got the flu season. I also want to talk about a great way where you can look out for your health. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day, and that is, of course, Athletic Greens. I started taking it a couple years ago. I just, I wanted to be healthier in general. You know, I wanted more energy. I don't really like taking pills or supplements or any of that stuff. I just, it's a pain to keep up with. It, it usually takes long to like, I don't know, get your schedule and figure out what works for you and go pick it all up and all that. What's awesome with Athletic Greens is just a simple solution. I, I get everything I need 
In one simple shake, I mean, in one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's a great way to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, um, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things that you are going to want to look out after. It's got like a really mild tropical taste and you just throw it in some water, uh, get it done. Nice, easy way to start your day off right. And what's cool is it works for everyone. You know, it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're uh, keto, paleo, vegan-free, dairy-free, gluten-free, you name it, you're good. It's less than $3 a day and you're investing in your health, but it's cheaper than, you know, a cold brew habit or something like that. They've got over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts as well. So it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do, go to athleticgreens.com rams. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash rams to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, cool, cool, cool. Before we get out of here, I did want to get into some of the things that CSU did well in this one because while it was a frustrating game, there was substantial growth, you know, and there was tangible improvement from the week before. This was the most balanced and complete the offense has looked all year. They were able to uh, move the ball and create explosive plays, both with the run and passing game. They were able to do it in all four quarters. You know, that's not something that we've really seen. Typically, it's been like one quarter. The offense gets in a rhythm, creates some plays, three quarters of frustration. They were able to move the ball and do some things well in, you know, each and every quarter. That's good. That means it's getting more sustainable. Clearly need to finish some of these drives better, but we've already talked about the red zone woes ad nauseum. I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. One of the things that was really encouraging to me, you know, in, in addition to also being balanced, which is something we have not seen this year, was just the fact that they were able to create on third and long. I mean, some of those plays from Millen were big time. Those were huge throws. They were good catches. You know, we saw uh, Justice Ross Simmons do some nice stuff. Tory Horton, obviously the main target. He had a monster game, 196 receiving yards for Horton. That is the 13th most by a Ram in any individual game. Most since Warren Jackson went off at New Mexico a couple of years back. I feel a bit like an old guy trying to stay relevant with the teens using this phrasing, but Torrey Horton is him, y'all. He is that dude. I mean, some of those catches he was able to make tonight with defenders draped all over him. Insane. Might have got away with offensive PI on that touchdown. And uh, speaking of touchdown, great to see Jackson Stratton get in there and make a play on fourth down. Just kind of threw it up there and, and gave his guy a shot. I mean, it's fourth down. That's really all you can do. But tonight was just an example of if you put the ball in Horton's vicinity, a lot of the time, good things are going to happen. Did have a couple of drops late there when the game was you know pretty much already decided. But he is just a guy that can be a game breaker. And we're starting to see the impact because he gets so much attention. Some of these other receivers are starting to get more comfortable. They're starting to step up. Justice Ross Simmons making some plays. We saw Makai Fox get another catch. Tanner Arkin and Lewis Brown have been in the mix the last couple weeks. 
if we could get just like a three week stretch where the entire offense could play and stay healthy, I'm talking all the same receivers, the same quarterback, same running back, same offensive line combination. I really do feel like we're close to seeing this offense explode. It's just been all year, two steps forward, one step back in terms of the lineup and just chemistry and continuity. Like it's tough to make consistent progress when it's just a revolving door at every key position. <laughs> it was nice to see Avery Morrow get going again. Fourth time this year, he's had a hundred yard performance. At this point, I think it's safe to say, you know, he really can be one of the more effective running backs in this conference. It's it's a big enough sample size where you don't feel like it's it's fluky or something like that. Guy just runs so freaking hard, man. There's growth happening, you know, like whether you choose to acknowledge that it is up to you because ultimately, you know, I get it. It's a results business. If if you're going to focus on, you know, the loss is the only thing that matters. The outcome is the only thing that matters. All right. I guess there's not a whole lot more I can say to you, but I just feel like if they can hit on a couple of key areas in recruiting in this 2023 cycle, you know, get some, get some depth in the trenches get some more depth at corner. Uh, you're going to have to replace Daquan Jackson and Cameron Carter, two of your leading tacklers. So that's, you know, a difficult situation, but you like what you've seen from Kulik and, and Wilson. But again, you know, just you want more depth there. If you can do that, the experience that these young players are gaining this fall, is going to be such, such a valuable thing for them going into next year because they're going to be so much further along than they would have been. Now, it's it's also fair to say that you know, probably experiencing more lumps than you would have had some of those veterans stuck around. But even then, I don't even necessarily know that's like a given. I mean, based on the way the opening month went, based on the last couple of years have have went, the buy-in with the guys that have chosen to stick around is real. I mean, you can see how hard they play. Howell and Blackburn and freaking Aiden Hector just ripping the ball out of the receiver's hands. Took a dumb penalty after it. You know, can't do that. Got to be composed in the moment. Again, coming back to that point from earlier, but they've got guys to build around on on both sides of the ball. They've just got to stop doing these, you know, little things that add up over time and come back to kill them over the course of four quarters. But there's growth happening. I, I genuinely believe that. I don't lose the faith. I understand it's been it's been a tough year. You know, I think people were hoping for more success out of the gate, and I get that. But I, I do think that they have the right guy. I think that they are establishing a winning culture and you know, going through some of these tough times now, it sucks in the moment, but you're gonna come out stronger, you know, on the other end. Moving forward, uh, obviously you can't make a bowl this season. That's unfortunate. It was a long shot anyways, but I mean, technically would have been possible still if you if you would have won against San Jose State. The, the dream is still alive at that point. But don't tell me there's nothing to play for because, you know, I, I want to see more growth going into next year. Try to establish, you know, some some positive momentum. Maybe win a rivalry game. These games matter. They hold a whole lot of weight in the community. You know what would get everybody feeling a whole lot better going into the offseason? Three-game win streak with the first wins over, you know, Wyoming and, and Air Force since 2015. Doing it in the same year, I mean. Anyways, chance to finish strong here. Chance to, you know, do some positive things heading into the offseason. Chance to grow together, you know, this young team as they 
continue to get more live reps. I mean, it, again, it's just so valuable that they're able to get this experience right now. But Rome wasn't built in a night, so keep the faith, man. Seeing programs like KU become bowl eligible, you know, certainly make me think if shit, like if they can do it, anybody can do it. So that's where I'm at. Uh, frustrating that this one slipped away. Rams definitely had an opportunity to pull off a major upset. That would have been really exciting. They've got to stop shooting themselves in the foot, uh, but there is growth happening. So much love to all of you. Uh, shout out to the presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you use that code DNVR when you sign up. Try to enjoy your weekend. We've got a big week of sports coming up with uh, basketball and obviously the border war. I'm looking forward to covering it all for you. Thank you to everybody that supports my content. Peace. Christmas, I guess.